Welcome to the Lovingly Conscious Podcast, a podcast in which we discuss what it means to live a conscious life with love as a central point. I believe that if we all live life consciously, make conscious decisions and take responsibility for our own lives, that the world would be a much better place with love at the forefront. That is why I created this podcast, so we can discover what it means to live that mindful and conscious life together. My name is Megan Josephine, and I'm your host today. Let this epic episode begin. Hey there, it's Megan, and welcome to a new podcast episode of the Lovingly Conscious Podcast. In this episode, I have interviewed my yoga teacher, Esther. Esther is such a light and she's very calm and very peaceful and I did try quite a few yoga teachers before her and she's just the one I stuck with for so many reasons you'll hear in the podcast too. I do want to say this, I mean I'm just starting out with the podcast and I've still got to find my way into interviewing people so it's not the ideal way of interviewing in my perspective next to that. I know the quality of the sound is not amazing. I'm also still figuring that out. So please, please be kind about that. But I hope the content is what you're looking for. I find that she has quite a few nuggets of wisdom. I find it really important to listen to a conversation in which there is quality. And I really do think that Esther and I have delivered that today. So I find that more important than the technique. I don't think it's very disturbing or anything and um, yeah I hope you enjoy it too. In this episode we talk about Esther's journey to becoming a yoga teacher and it started on a very interesting location. It started on the bike in which he'll explain later on and we talk about what it is to live a mindful life, what it is to live a life in a conscious way and yoga of course is a really big really big one for her in that. I hope you enjoy it and let's get started. Before we get started, I want to share an offer I have for you guys. I created the online platform Meditation for Students and I did this because when I discovered meditation, I was at nearly the end of my study and it absolutely changed my life. But I would have wanted to learn about meditation sooner because it really distressed me. So I was like, I've got to create this for other students because other students need to know about this. So I created the online platform Meditation for Students, especially for students with 40 meditations designed especially for you guys if you are a student and you can listen to them whenever you feel like it. There's no judgment. There's just you taking time for yourself, taking a break without feeling guilty about doing so. You can get access to this meditation platform um, via my website www.meganismindful.com shop and you can get it with a 50% discount. Use the discount love podcast to get this discount and I hope to see you at the platform soon. Yes sir. <laughs> it's yeah. strange to switch into another language. How are you? That's <laughs> the first thing. <laughs> I'm good. Yes, good. thanks. Awesome. So thank you so much for coming. The first question I want to ask you is, which conscious decision did you make today? Today? Uh, which conscious decision? Uh, I think I especially did like a conscious thing, maybe. So I'm not sure if it's really a decision, 
but I was just thinking while driving here, like, oh, was I mindful today? Because I think your platform is called is called Megan is Mindful, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was um, I'm making kefir at home. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Never. Is it a drink or food? I don't even know. <laughs> it is a drink, drink. a fermented drink. Oh, so okay. you, it's mm -hmm. kind of a really mindful, conscious thing you need to do while processing it. Mm -hmm. So removing the the uh, the sugar and the the lemon and yeah, just the whole it's a process. very intense process of doing making it something like that. Yeah, and it really needs to be like uh, hygienic. Mm. So you need to be like focused while doing it so it feels yeah it's just like gardening like a mindful thing to do like you have to pay attention at what you're doing so you can, your mind cannot go cannot go anywhere yeah. else mm. yeah yeah you're forced to stay in that one place which is good sometimes <laughs> i think yeah <laughs> cool um well thank you for sharing that um you are a business owner which i love female business owner <laughs> and you know i just want to say that first of all um, you have a business called Metame, is that how I explain it? Metamoy? Metamoy. Metamoy. Yes. And I did look up what it means, and I absolutely love this. Meta is love, right? Mm -hmm. And Amoy is the name of your mother and grandmother. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so why did you decide to call your business this? Um, I did a Vipassana meditation. Uh, I'm not sure if you know it. No. Uh, it's a Buddhist meditation. Metta is also a, a word from Pali language, which is the old uh, Buddhist language. And always at the end of the meditation, you have a practice called Metta Bhavna. Mm -hmm. And it's basically all the, yeah, that's Metta, all the love and peace and all the good things you've gained from your meditation to share that with others. Uh, and of course, that's something beautiful for other people but also it, it's it feels really beneficial for yourself so it's mm -hmm. like a win-win when you share it feels better for you and it also feels better for your surroundings uh, so that's the word metta so i really love that practice uh, and i think it's also what what i do like in yoga and the naturopathy so it's mm -hmm. something that i've experienced and i'm then sharing with others beautiful uh, and then amoy uh, yeah, to as a thankfulness to be grateful to to my mom and to my grandma, and also as you said, female, so more the feminine side. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Wow, more the yin side. The yin side, exactly. <laughs> so that's the class I follow. <laughs> I yeah. eat with you the yin yoga. So if you hear some background noise, um, Rocco, <laughs> the dog is um, also joining us. It's a lot of fun. So it's fun to have someone around little doggy um and you are a yoga teacher mm -hmm. a naturopath can i say naturopath or i guess practice yeah. natural he natural healing masseuse and you follow the bach blossom like as a consultant or how does that work exactly uh yeah that's a part of the naturopathy oh okay so yeah right yeah that was the theory i guess <laughs> um so diverse. I love that. I love, you know, <laughs> having multi-passionate, you know, being a multi-passionate person. It's good to have multi, you know, multiple passions. Um, where did it start? Where did your whole journey start? How did it go for you? <laughs> it started with yoga, I guess, hmm. a little bit. Um, well, with yoga and cycling. Actually, first cycling, I guess. Cool. <laughs> cycling. <laughs> Explain. Um, 
Well, I had an experience where uh, my father passed away mm. and then I first started to just party and drink and uh, try to not think about it or yeah, numb it. Yeah, exactly. And then at some point I was working for a company and there was a cycling contest and I said yes. And we cycled for uh, 500 kilometers to London. Wow! And I didn't, yeah, I didn't really realize saying yes that I had to start training uh, to actually be able to cycle so much. Yeah. So then I started training cycling from here, from Zeist to Amsterdam, mm -hmm. like three times a week. Wow! And it's like a two-hour and 15 minutes ride without and breaks, I guess. Without breaks. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So in one go. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just being alone on my bicycle, that brought so much healing, I guess, and time mm. to think about stuff, to be mm. silent. And then there was a yoga teacher at the office also. And I thought she was so beautiful and so calm and so quiet. And I was just picking up some of the things she was saying during class. And then at some point I thought, oh. I, I want to be like you <laughs> or yeah something like that I was just admired so uh, then I gave up that job and then I went to India and then yeah then the ball started rolling then I left my house in Amsterdam traveled a little bit more in India did different kind of uh, meditation retreats and stuff like that beautiful so which yoga practice are you originally trained in uh, my first was uh, Hatha Ashtanga, okay. and uh, then I also did the Yin uh, course afterwards. Do you have a favorite now? <laughs> uh, no, it's really fun for me to see that when my life is more young, I get more energy from teaching Yin. Wow. And when it's the other way around, I noticed when there was the lockdown and I was only teaching four classes, suddenly I had so much creativity and was so enjoying my Hatha class mm. uh, and now I notice life is getting a little bit busier again and then I feel like oh yeah teaching again class <laughs> really being and just sitting yeah so awesome. it kind of depends I think they're both both beautiful uh, beautiful practice they're, they're definitely both beautiful yeah I've, I've taken both your classes mm. and I'm doing yin right now because of my back um, but I also to be honest I prefer having yoga as like a real just mindful moment you know during the week and with hatha it's really you've got to be mindful and physically <laughs> be able <laughs> to do certain things yeah and I have a hard time doing that sometimes so yeah I love yin it's beautiful but hatha is also beautiful practice and the naturopath is something you're still training in right yes um what did that get you started how did you start on that one um, so yeah, I did the yoga and the yoga is bringing you like inside and it's, it's very spiritual. Mm. And then I had some, some people in my family who were sick before and I always questioned, questioned if their way of treatment, um, was really beneficial for them. Symptom treatment. Exactly. Mm. So that was one, one side. And then I also felt like I, I found so much answers with yoga, but uh, but I wanted to, yeah, so I, I sort of got answers a little bit more of who am I, but I also wanted to know, like, why am I here? So I wanted to get more connected with the earth. Wow. And uh, then the naturopathy, like, combines that because you learn a lot about 
well, in this case, the plant world. Yeah. Um, but yes, so mm. to, to get more connected with food, with herbal, with herbs. Beautiful. So the healing powers within. That's interesting that you say that you mm. wanted to know more about where, why am I here? And you, you go into nature. For me, that was very, <laughs> for me, it was completely different, like the other way around. It's like, okay, I have physical issues, so I've got to treat that with natural things like acupuncture. Mm-hmm. But I want to know where I'm from, so I'm going to start a spiritual journey. I'm going to start <laughs> practicing yoga and meditation. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess both. <laughs> <laughs> it's a combination of both, I guess, that's true. Yeah. Beautiful. Have you heard of medical medium? I've heard of him, but I have not, because I think he um, is channeling much of his... Yeah, uh, he has like a, a the spirit of compassion next to him, so he can oh, literally yeah. hear it as a voice from outside. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it's not what humans have discovered throughout the years, mm. what works he, he just hears, but it, a lot of his stuff has really helped me heal a lot of physical oh, nice. things, so yeah, that's really I can cool. imagine. I guess oh. a little in naturopathy, it's a... Well, I'm, the way I'm doing it right now, for example, with herbal medicine, is also I'm using both. So mm. I'm, I'm looking at you, I see your symptoms, etc., etc., and I know I have certain knowledge about the plants, but then also I also go to, into feeling or into meditation to really see if this plant, does it suit you? Yeah, is that intuitively? Yeah, it's just closing my eyes and feeling or... Yeah, and then usually an answer pops up. <laughs> I love that. And did you did you trust those answers at the beginning? With the plant, yeah. Well, sometimes they are they seem very like um, powerful. Like for example, sometimes I just get only one answer, and then nothing else comes, mm-hmm. and, and then it's like okay. Only when there com- more answers are coming, then then I sometimes think, oh, now now I'm lost, or it doesn't yeah, yeah. feel it doesn't feel. Cl- Clear. Clear, yeah, like direct. But it's also uh, a process of learning, like we are at school, we're learning how to communicate with the plant and then you have to uh, yeah, learn how to trust what comes. Because usually when we just write it down or draw it and then verify it with a teacher and then she explains mm-hmm. and then so you, um, then you start trusting yourself more because your answers were correct or yeah yeah so you just test and see if it works and yeah that's a really cool way to actually practice you know what what your intuition how it sounds I guess and when it's yeah. clouded and when it's not not clouded and yeah so and they say it sounds it, it sounds like if, um, you need to hear it so it sounds different for every person mm. but it's understandable for you Probably only for you, so I cannot. I can tell you how it sounds for me, mm-hmm. but for you it will be different. Okay, so let's try. How 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 would you describe your intuition? How how do you hear it, or how does it work for you? Oh, so difficult <laughs> to say in words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. I mean, I can sort of like hear myself talk to me, but I mm. know it's not me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I also always hear my own voice. I yeah. never hear any other no. voice. <laughs> no, you've got the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. That's quite similar still. Um, what I absolutely love about your yoga lessons, I've tried a lot of yoga teachers in the past. Oh, wow. And um, I went to Fit for Free at some point, and I just, I had, there were two yoga classes, yours and another lady's. And um, I was like, oh, cool. 
you really what what is weird about fit for free is that it's just it's like a common building with a common layout and nothing spiritual about it but you made that class really spiritual and for me sometimes yoga teachers for me it feels like they're really doing it as an exercise form or not you know the spiritual mindful component sort of misses out of it and for me that's what i find important in yoga um and I was like, wow, she, she's capable of making this lesson really spiritual and calm and mindful in a, in a fit for free building. That's really cool. <laughs> and then um, I went to start practicing yoga here in Zeist. Um, well, the other one was also in Zeist, but um, at the yoga school here. And I just wrote in for your lesson. I didn't actually register. It's like, oh, it's the same Esther. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. And... Um, I tried a few other teachers here and you know they're all good but you've got to feel really really like a connection for me you know in your yoga practice and what I love about what you do and and um, put in your lessons is that you say um, <laughs> the the light in me um, bows to the light in you mm. that's one of the things that you finish your lesson with mm. and um, what I also love about you is that you add so many different components so you add the music sometimes um you you, you use those how, how would you say that it's like uh, the singing balls yeah yeah, yeah sound the, balls but yeah. also um i don't know those wind chime things oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so your your teaching practice and your own yoga practice how did that develop basically <laughs> uh well my own practice just by by practicing, of course. Mm. And so uh, I also followed a lot of classes mm. in Amsterdam and in India, and also I, I had my favorite teachers. So mm. I guess it's a little bit of picking from different teachers that I had. I love that. Some in the uh, the creative way of making a class. Uh, I had one teacher in Utrecht, and she all, always sort of made a mantra uh, from the the movement she did. Oh wow! She just thought of it. Yeah, I guess she used to be a dancer, so <laughs> she cool. had that creative choreography skill. Mm. Um, and yeah, the the component of make creating the the space of like really drawing someone into the present moment, I guess that's just something that you can bring over once you've uh, practiced that yourself a lot. So just by meditating and then. Yeah, but still, you need a certain, you need a talent for that, I guess, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it always feels really just good and calm in your lessons, so that's something I really, really enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have tips for people who want to start practicing yoga? What's really important in your in your perspective to... I guess just try. Try different classes. Yeah, so there is many different uh, uh, styles of yoga right now. So I would really see what fits for you. Mm. So also try the extremes, try yin, try power, power yoga, and then see if you feel more comfortable uh, with a more active class or with a more passive class. Cool. Yeah, and it can also it can also change. Sometimes people start. Mm -hmm. really appreciating active yoga and then slowly they start appreciating more the quiet yoga mm -hmm. and also i guess it depends on what in what stage of life you're in and what you need at that moment like you said when you're in a calmer flow you feel like you need more hatha and then when you're in a busier flow you enjoy yin more yeah exactly cool. and <laughs> how do you practice yoga yourself just in the morning do you do it every day 
Uh, well, now that I have a dog, <laughs> it's really limiting. I, I really try to follow at least one class a week with, with, some of, with one of my colleagues because mm. uh, I really also still enjoy being uh, guided by a teacher. Um, so I'm, yeah, you, uh, not, not a lot of teachers do that. They usually just do their own practice, mm. but then you tend to just do all the poses you like. Uh, and, and never try the poses you, you, you find less, comfor less comfortable to be in. And mm. they can be very useful too. So Yeah, let's talk about that because um, <laughs> someone once said, I don't know where I have this from, but practicing yoga is like practicing life. Would you yeah. agree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so what you're saying is like, it's also good to do the uncomfortable things, I guess, because then you can practice for when life maybe gets uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. You can just practice how to relax into that or how you can let it be, mm. how you cannot resist. I guess that's the Beautiful. Uh, that's the thing. So we tend to, when something uncomfortable happens, to, to resist and push it away. Mm. Um, and in yoga, we learn that when something comes up, you just look at it and just stay with it. And... Uh, and see what happens. And feel in it and yeah, if you feel you heal. What do you find important for yourself to consider within your practice? Do you enjoy using a mantra in the in the morning or or, or for other people too? A component that you would wish for everyone? Ah well if I would recommend something it's it's fresh air being outside. Mm. So for other the rest, I don't have a fancy mat. I, I don't use a mantra or a lot of things. <laughs> it's just, uh, it can be just one or two poses, but just like your, uh, your platform is called, just the mindfulness, the staying there hmm. is, I guess, the most, the most important. So it can just be one or two uh, asanas. Hmm. And to be outside, I, 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 well, now it's summer, of course, it's much easier. It really brings extra uh, dimensions for me. I can imagine that. It's really nice to just be, I mean, we come from nature and we're so, we're so separate from it. Do you think of new lessons every week or do you have like a, a, a folder in a way? I don't know, that <laughs> you've like written it down for yourself. How does that work? Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm also a little bit special one, I'm not sure, but I never wrote anything down. I know the owner of the studio in Zeist, I think she also doesn't write much down. Mm. Uh, but yeah, usually uh, the folder is so the folder is in my head somewhere. Cool. And uh, usually I just make a class by trying by doing it myself on the mat or sometimes even just laying in bed and thinking Oh, this will feel nice. Oh, this will feel nice now. <laughs> um, I love that. You think, how is it going to feel today instead of what do I think is going to be good? Yes. So, definitely. In the beginning, you know, you learn in yoga school and you learn all the practical information. You need a warm-up. You need to warm mm -hmm. this muscle in uh, if you want to do this asana as a peak pose and you need to calm down, uh, cooling down, for example. But once you start teaching, I guess, uh, yeah, for me, I, I let go of that uh, knowledge and you just, yeah, you start feeling, oh, this will feel nice now, this will feel nice. Right. You sometimes do that in the moment too, then. 
Yes, so sometimes I change my class while teaching the class. Yeah, cool. Uh, and for yin, I, I, I sometimes don't make a class at all mm. because I have five minutes to decide on the next That's pose. That's true, yeah. So there's a longer time. Uh, I just, I'm wondering, what, what was it like for you to be in India and learn about yoga there? <laughs> I mean, I can, I can imagine that it's, it's such a different maybe form of yoga i don't know if that's true but if you if you get it yeah if people teach you here it's still very much more from that western have to do sort of view i don't know if that's true but um how was that in india well in india it's definitely less fancy so it's very <laughs> there is no nice mats or uh music or uh, candles or things like this so it's very basic actually wow. well, in terms of those things yeah but, but they are um, they're more strict on their alignment and um, yeah so it had and every class lasts at least two hours and sometimes wow. two and a half or three so it's much longer yeah. uh, classes and uh, less instructions at least instructions on the mindful Part, a little bit so it's more the posture it's more the posture but yeah yeah and then and silence also wow. posture and silence I guess and also just calm the mind relax or some some things they share but not not too much not so no not too much but it did feel very authentic I guess because it's from there and you usually practice outside in the shala it has a, mm. a rooftop but it's open okay and have you ever considered like practice, like starting your own thing over there or not so much more? This is, this is where you belong to do it for now. Uh, yeah. And there, then, then rather, because my mom's Indonesian, so then I would rather, I guess, go there. Yeah. Uh, then I, th I think I would be very shy to be the non-Indian girl <laughs> and then teaching in Indian people how to do yoga. Well, it's there. It comes from their... Uh, that's true. That's true. I guess. <laughs> their essence. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I can they are like born with it. Yeah. Uh, they know their mantras. They know much. They know a little bit of their Sanskrit. They know, of course, Ayurveda. Mm. So they know the Vata Pitta Kappa, the... Um, like normal daily stuff over there. Yeah, and maybe the younger generation uh, has also lost it a little bit. Mm. But especially if you go to places where yoga is still uh, very popular. Uh, yeah, for example, the, the, the yoga, of course, is a complete lifestyle. So with what you eat, with how you behave. Yeah, um, yeah they... Yeah, they're born with those things. Yeah, it's the whole, it's funny that you say that, it's the whole lifestyle, it's the holistic way and consciously looking at your whole life. And um, what what would you say, how would you say that you make decisions in your life? Um, do you do it maybe during yoga or is there like a level of consciousness that you use every time? I think feeling is a big one for you or not? Yeah, I try to make more decisions on exactly on what I feel. Hmm. Uh, like you said, we've lost connection with nature, but I, I guess we've also really learned to uh, use our minds to make decisions. Yeah. Uh, so to get back to oh, what do I, what do I really feel about this? Mm. That's a journey which which I'm still still in. Uh, but meditation, I think meditation is great for making decisions. I think when I when you become silent, uh, 
then usually half of your day is fixed already if you're silent for 15 oh, minutes yeah. in the morning <laughs> and then every <laughs> yeah it clears up so much uh so much stuff yeah so. absolutely absolutely then usually the answer just comes in that voice that you were talking about <laughs> yeah and do you live a quote-unquote spiritual life in your view is that um, important for you uh, or not i don't know so I live a spiritual life. I guess, but I also feel very down to earth because I I feel somehow that plans. Yeah. So to connect with nature is yeah also grounding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're Dutch, so down to earth is like our <laughs> yeah. the way we are. <laughs> That's my other my grandfather's part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I always try to to see that this this earth as it is is spiritual. And not uh, per se the uh, the practice like ayahuasca or doing all mm. this to really have like a a journey uh, that's really aesthetic or something. Yeah, I think just like being here. So in that sense, I feel that everyone is leading a spiritual life. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah. what what do you what do you define spiritual? Also. Yeah, that's also the question. I mean, for me, spiritual is like spirit guides and um, former lives and those sort of things is what I guess I despise. Uh, yeah, I do like to pick tarot cards. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually wanted to do that. So you say that. I've got like three three card decks. Let's get one at the end. Okay. I've got four short questions for you okay. that I want to ask you. I'll try to answer you. quick also then. No, that's okay. <laughs> you can talk as long as you want. Which subjects should be mandatory at schools? Yeah, I guess I would choose meditation then. Yeah? Why? Meditation or yoga. Well, because it's, it's like, I, I was thinking, oh, maybe nutrition uh, or other, something like gardening or something like this. But then, and then I would still think meditation because it's so far, far from what has been taught right, right now. Mm -hmm. And from how we live lives, we, I mean, can we even say we? How a lot of people live lives, I guess. Yeah. So for children to yeah to get this, I'm not sure if it's knowledge is not the right word, but um, to be able to go inside to see there is also another world than than outside. Beautiful. <laughs> to, to get connected with with themselves. Yeah. Oh, something I always love what you say is you are your true teacher. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Where did you get that from? I love that. <laughs> that I also stole from one teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Again, an American teacher, an Ashtanga teacher. And how is that true for you? I, I don't know his last name now. Um, yeah, I think it's very empowering. You are your own teacher. Mm. Um, it's because I, I think we uh, tend to find answers outside. Mm. And then when I say that sentence in the beginning of practice, I, I guess it it uh, connects you to your own inner wisdom in a second and then yeah. yeah we should we should listen to that inner wisdom so much more I think um, also what I've taught myself is not to ask people for advice except Ross because Ross sees my daily life and he knows but if you start asking other people for advice they would tell you what they would do Maybe also from a very rational place instead of, you know, what feels right for you in that yeah. moment. Which book should everyone read? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, one of my, my favorite guru um, is Osho. Uh, have, uh, no, Bhagwan uh, from India. I'm really bad with names. He, he passed away, he passed away a long time ago. He's very, um, 
uh, omstreden. Controversial in a way? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's not completely it, but... But Osho, uh, there's like 500 of his books and I love every single book almost. I just, sometimes I just love to pick a book. I don't have all 500, but... And then just I just open any random page and that feeling you get uh, in, in a yoga class, that, that being completely uh, in, in the present moment again, being mindful again, uh, yeah, he does that with his words, so wow. uh, I really enjoy his books. I love that. I like his Tantra, Tantra, the highest wisdom, I guess. It's in trans translated in English. Mm. And is that Tantra as in the meditation practice or Tantra the sexual practice that we know nowadays? Yeah, it's like Tantra, the philosophy, yeah. uh, philosophy about it. So it, I, I guess the book is like 400 pages and there's only four pages about sex. Yeah, exactly. I knew knew it wasn't completely like a sex thing like we nowadays know it. Um, no, there's a beautiful philosophy behind uh, Tantra. Yeah. Okay, cool. Could you share a bit about that? Or? Um, yeah, it's like the philosophy of surrender. Yoga can also be in two ways, I guess. It can be uh, also just a practice, which which is just like follow a practice, mm -hmm. um, which again is doing something and Tantra is just basically letting go and just surrender uh, surrender into into life let it he says like he writes like when you're like on a river like don't swim but just float it's like um isn't that Taoism I guess Taoism is like to like the the Tao also is like the way yeah the, the flow wave. yeah yeah so yeah it's very similar to Taoism exactly mm -hmm. Uh, so it's it's more about than trusting, I guess, mm. and believe and believing that nothing has to be changed, that everything is already the way it should be. Wow, it's like gratitude. Um, do you use like gratitude practices for yourself, like being grateful for what there is already, instead of because that's what we also do with you know the whole world. It's like think of what I don't have right now, yeah. instead of seeing what we need or had once. Which show, film or documentary should we absolutely watch? Oh, so I don't have a TV. Uh, Me neither. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And also I don't watch too many shows. Okay. Uh, so this is not a, not a good question for me. I Lately the only show I watched was Friends <gasps> again. Yes! <laughs> this is a sign. This is the best first interview ever. <laughs> um, which makes made me very feel very happy. So yeah. I think it's good to watch something that makes you feel happy and relaxed again. Oh, I hundred percent agree. But I don't know any spiritual really uh, documentary that I've that I've seen. That's okay. Friends is also what you're saying right now. I hundred percent agree. I mean, I was watching Big Bang Theory, and I'm I'm really very much a, um, a comfort watcher. So Friends, for example, is very comfortable series for me, especially since I've seen it like. 20 times or so. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was watching Big Bang Theory for the third time and I started to notice how they're not warm with one another and mm. the way they interact with one another is actually not how I want to interact with other people and it's like so what you consume also on TV is also how you could yeah. at some point start acting in your own Definitely. life yeah so that's uh, something to think about <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was surprised when I did my first Vipassana which is like five years ago, it's like a 10-day um, silent retreat mm -hmm. and uh, it's like also 10 days without contact, so without eye contact and... Wow, uh, no contact, it's like completely solitude yeah. existence. And wow. you sit for like 10 hours of meditation a day and 
So when I when I did my first, it was like a year after I quit my job or something, and so much TV shows also came up. Wow! Uh, in the in the things I saw, and then I noticed how. You, know, you think you're just watching TV, but it's still yeah, some episodes that I, I didn't know why would why would I remember those episodes? Yeah. But they came uh, they came like uh, passing by. Wow, that's really impressive. So yeah, it's definitely true that you should uh, attentive to what you what you watch. What is your tip for living a life with love as a central point? Uh, well, love yourself then. Wow. Do you have any tips for that? How to love yourself? <laughs> no, it's also my <laughs> my journey. Yeah. But I guess we forget that because when we think about love, we very quickly think about, well, for me at least, I think about caring about whether it's a dog or a plant or my grandma or family or relatives. And then uh, I guess many people in this, uh, in this uh, business or uh, on the spiritual journey, Mm -hmm. then sometimes we forget we forget ourselves so going to your uh, to go to your yoga classes take massage mm. yeah. cool yeah do you take massages often even though i mean you're a masseuse yourself but yeah cool actually yesterday and Ooh. then before that it was too long ago i guess it was over a month and in corona times i had one every two weeks and it's, it's really tremendous what kind of effect that has. Like mm. all the small uh, aching points in my body or muscles, it's like completely gone when you like preventive take. Yeah, massages. take preventive care. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and thank you for coming here. No, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to share that I haven't asked you? No, I would like to come back. Yes, <laughs> maybe once. Yes, because definitely. I think you've just started, yeah. and so I haven't really looked up uh, all the things you're doing. But uh, That's okay. I would love to stay connected. Yeah, yeah, me touch too. Cool. What you're all doing? Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. And I'll definitely ask you back again in like a year <laughs> time and see um, how my interview skills have changed, <laughs> but also how your life has progressed. Cool. Thank you so much for coming here and um, namaste. namaste. <laughs> well, that was a lovely conversation. I loved her dog. He was so sweet. And um, something I wanted to share, which of course I've cut out because it's not really interesting for you guys to listen to. But um, at some point, Ross, my boyfriend, walked in and um, he was going to take the dog for a walk, you know, just for fun. And because Rocco is a pup, you know, pups are not always very good at listening they go their own way you can compare them to a small child and Ross was like okay so I've got to be stricter and Esther said no what if you try to be more sweet and I was like I love that that's really the difference between the masculine energy and feminine energy it's so much more fluid from a place of love and our world has such a dominant masculine energy in it where very often I think the violence and non-loving rational perspective comes from it the balance is gone I'm not saying that one is better than the other because I think we need both masculine energy is great for making decisions but I feel like maybe we should make more choices from love and I feel that that's more a feminine energy so that's why I'm also you know sending out this podcast into the world to make sure that balance might be a bit more restored and we can look 
at life in a different way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. In the show notes, you can find all the information about Esther and uh, the things that we talked about. Let me know what you thought. Please send me a DM on Insta or send me an email. I really appreciate your feedback and I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh,